It's been a long time coming, so a round of applause for all of you. Thank you. It's great to have everybody together. These sorts of events are really, really important. It gets us together to network. It gets us together to trade ideas. And this is a people business. That's conference chair Jody Brooker and Ontario Association of Broadcasters President Doug Bingley opening this year's OAB Connection 22. The gathering of Ontario broadcasters came back with a bang as it returned in person for the first time since 2019. If there was a theme that emerged this year, it's that radio in particular is faced with more uncertainty than ever amid audience and advertising pressures and questions around a changing regulatory landscape. In spite of all of that, there was a measured level of optimism from broadcasters. Broadcast Dialogue spoke with several executives in addition to Canadian Association of Broadcasters President Kevin Desjardins on their takeaways from this year's event. But we start with one of the big highlights of Connection 22, the induction of late radio pioneer Bill Evanov into the OAB Hall of Fame. We asked son Paul, now president of Evanov Communications, how Bill would have approached the post-pandemic radio landscape. Bill Evanoff, the founder and president of Evanoff Communications Inc., an independent broadcast company, grew up in a diverse downtown Toronto neighborhood. His own Canadian-Bulgarian household was part of a mosaic of cultures and languages, which he continued to appreciate and celebrate throughout his entire life. Our father loved radio so much. He was a hard worker. He was so passionate about what he did. Um, he acted quickly, he decided wisely, and he pursued success so courageously and fearlessly, and he left an example and legacy for all of us. Hi, I'm Paul Evanoff, President and CEO of Evanoff Communications. So what does it mean to the family today to have your dad recognized? Well, we have a large family because all of our staff and everybody that's worked with us or has worked with us or does work with us is considered our, part of our radio family. So to have a uh, you know, family um, is, is, is crucial here, but also like the last couple of years with the pandemic and my father passing right before, uh, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for my family, you know, my, my blood family, my immediate family, and also my radio family. So thank you to all my family. What do you think your dad would say about the challenges that the industry is facing now that we're out of the pandemic? I miss him for that because uh, he would uh, he, he would appreciate the fight. He would appreciate the challenge, appreciate the fight. He never walked away from a battle or a fight ever. And um, as you saw in one of the pictures in the video, maybe he was in full military outfit. And that was basically during a real CHR Top 40 radio wars. And he's like, we're going to battle. And he was excited about it. He rallied the troops behind him. So uh, I wish we had another, uh, another general like him around to help uh, guide us through the next five, ten years. Do you want to talk about being tasked with continuing that legacy? That's a lot of pressure. Yeah, I've been doing, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to uh, be beside my dad uh, since I was 16. I'm 47 now, and since I was 16, I started working at the radio station, you know, getting coffee and whatnot. So I've been working with him for that many years, and uh, I love the business, and I never knew I loved the business until I was in the business. And so I just, I love what I do. We always love what we do. Uh, I wish I was doing it with him by my side, but once again, uh, you know, I, my dad trained and taught me well, and I love challenges and take on the challenge, and I uh, want to make sure we continue on his legacy and what he built up and not going to let any pandemic or any anything else get in the way of uh, you know, continued success. My name is Hector Dougal. I'm the president of Dougal Media. We're based in Thunder Bay. We own four radio stations, two television stations, 
three web portals and a weekly newspaper all serving the uh, northwestern Ontario region. My, my takeaways are that we need to focus a lot more on innovation and that consolidation in our industry isn't necessarily going to be beneficial in many cases to our local audiences and that we need to provide more content, more relevant content for our local audiences. My other takeaway is that some of the larger industry players are seeing a lot of doom and gloom, but a lot of them are, are vertically integrated as opposed to our companies which are horizontally integrated. So if we see ourselves as, as trying to be the central provider of, of news and information to our community, finding different opportunities and different ways of connecting with our audience is going to ensure that we continue to grow because the media is changing. Of that, there can be no doubt. But the demand for quality local news, that's not going away, and it's not going to go away. So we want to make sure that we're ready to change with the different methods of distribution and that we remain relevant to our listeners and our uh, information consumers. Do you think there are a lot of groups that have been, I guess, a little too attached to the status quo for too long? You know, I'm not a professional media analyst. I'm a broadcast owner in the third generation from Thunder Bay, Ontario. I'm not really qualified to talk about what the shareholder expectations is of the publicly owned companies. But I do know our, our listener clients in Thunder Bay, and I know what they want. I know what a lot of the people in Northwestern Ontario are looking for. And they're looking for leadership and local content. And that's really the, the future that we see for ourselves as part of the Canadian tapestry. Is there anything you want to add? This has been a coming out party for me at the OAB. And uh, I have been absolutely excited and blown away by the opportunity to meet some of the other broadcasters in Canada. Uh, I'm Kevin Desjardins. I'm the president of the Canadian Association of Broadcasters. Uh, what are your initial thoughts, Kevin, on what we all heard here today? Uh, so I think, uh, first off, it was uh, a really great opportunity to get people from the industry back together, back in the same room. I think that there was great energy uh, as a result of that. And I think people were really happy to see their friends and colleagues again. From my point of view, I spend so much time working on the uh, policy and, and regulatory side of the, of the industry that it's really good to be able to get that uh, exposure to the business side and to understand what's driving sales opportunities, the opportunities and the challenges. I'm, you know, I, I hear a lot about the challenges most of the time, but to hear some of the opportunities that are out there. And I think one of the themes that I sort of take out of the out of the day is understanding that broadcasting still has the power of reach and that that's really important. Um, you know, I think that people get really focused on the targeting that can be done by digital without appreciating the reach that is still there in radio and in television. And so understanding that that is um, a strength and an opportunity and understanding how to take advantage of that and to hear from the professionals who who really live and breathe this every day. We heard so much about uncertainty in terms of both uh, the economic climate and the regulatory and policy climate. Do you have any thoughts on how stations can sort of prep going forward? 
I do know that uncertainty is it's a it's a huge issue at this moment because because of the economic factors, because of the challengers that are coming into our market from, you know, all around the world, you know, who are really directly competing with broadcasters. And I think, frankly, the the uncertainty that's caused by virtue of the fact that there's a bunch of legislative and regulatory files that are just hanging out there that people are waiting to hear what the results of those are. So getting clarity and certainty on the radio review, getting clarity and certainty in terms of the changes to the Broadcasting Act, uh, I think, you know, are, are really important. And I heard that from some of the, uh, the members who are both CAB members and OAB members uh, that I was speaking with uh, uh, today. Despite all of that uncertainty, there seems to be an undercurrent of buoyancy, though, from everyone in the room here. Is that just because we're all happy to be back in person? I'm sure that that contributes to it, but I think that, you know, one of the things about radio is that uh, radio or, or broadcasting in general is that people who are in this industry are in it because they really love it and they want to see it succeed. And I think that there's a real... Uh, roll up your sleeves ethic in uh, broadcasting and figure out, you know, okay, we know that there are challenges. How do we address them? How do we make the best of this? How do we uh, take the next step and how do we do better and how do we win the next books, you know? So so I think that that's a, a, an ethos that's out there in, in broadcasting in general. And so I think that's going to come through, you know, when there's challenges, it's not a question of, you know, how are they going to stop us, but how are we going to get over them? Doug Bingley, I'm CEO of Central Ontario Broadcasting and also the president of the OAB. What were your takeaways from what we heard today? Well, the first was uh, positivity. There was so much, uh, when I talked to individual delegates, so much optimism about the future. And compared to even five years ago, a real commitment to change and to uh, bring other products and different strategies into uh, into the business. You know, with some suggestion that the Deloitte presentation was a eulogy for the industry. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm wondering if you have any, any thoughts on all of the uncertainty, geopolitically, economically, and where that puts the industry going forward into 2023. Well, you know, talking specifically about the Deloitte, um, you know, there's a tendency when you're predicting the future to say, okay, what's the current trend? What's the current trend line? And if the current trend line is looking downwards, well, you're going to go downwards. But that doesn't take into account any changes or things that you do differently moving into the future. And I talked about this this morning when I worked for Bell Canada in the 1980s. That was the trend. Uh, All those product lines were going downwards, and they discovered new product lines and new directions. So that, that sort of a prediction, it basically says, if you don't do anything differently, this is what's going to happen. And it's a good way of saying, you better get uh, off your butt and make things happen. Do you feel a sense of optimism from everyone you've talked to over the last couple of days? I, I do. And, you know, when you're, when you're trying new things, uh, such as adding agency, for example, to radio, um, Uh, going into online news services and so on, you never know if those new things are going to work. That's the function of any new business, of any startup. And so there's always a confidence um, issue for everyone in the organization all the way up to the top. 
So when you come to a meeting like this and you see so many people are trying it, so many people are enthused about it, and so many people are starting to see some results from it, uh, that's really a wonderful thing. That, that optimism breeds optimism. I think everybody concurs that it was just a great lineup this year. Now that it's all over, how does it feel to have sort of led the charge here in your in-person return? Well, uh, yeah, a couple of things. First, coming back from COVID and doing things remotely, uh, there was a certain risk factor. Are people going to come out? Are they going to pay? Are they going to attend? Um, and, and, you know, that's why I'm not in the concert business. But it paid off. It worked. There was a real appetite for people to come out. Uh, the second thing is I think it's very important for any sort of conference that not only do you give them the, the kind of, yeah, wow things, but also some meat and potatoes. How can you actually go about doing whatever is being suggested? So there's a lot of meat and potatoes to this event. Broadcast Dialogue would like to thank the Ontario Association of Broadcasters for hosting us at this year's event, with special thanks to Jody Brooker, Doug Bingley, and Val Skivington. For more coverage of Connection 22, head to broadcastdialogue.com. listening to Broadcast Dialogue. For more information about the podcast or to receive exclusive access to our weekly briefing about the Canadian media industry, visit us at broadcastdialogue.com. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, connect with us on LinkedIn and follow us on Twitter and SoundCloud. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world, and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.